0: Well, kia Tote mai, malo, welcome to church. I guess I have to introduce myself because there's a number of faces that I don't recognize, which is a great joy to come back to. My name's Jeremiah, and you met my wife, Sarah, and she pointed at me, but you might have not seen me down there on the front row. And we have the great joy of being part of this church family. And as Sarah said, we've been away for the last few weeks. So thank you for allowing us to be away, for releasing us to go and rest as a family for the number of weeks, and we've really had the most wonderful time. We've missed you at points. I'll be honest, it was at points. But we've had a great time visiting family and sitting on the beach and drinking coffee. Well, Sarah drinks hot chocolate, but it's just been an awesome time. As much as you can rest with two little ones in tow, because they are just constantly there, but It was a time to reflect and simply be. Moments to talk with God and walk on the beach with Him have just been great. As many of you will know, we've been on a few adventures. We went off to visit mum and dad Walker in Tonga and spent a few weeks exploring their island. We got to drive all around and explore a whole lot of places where there weren't a whole lot of tourists, which was lovely. And then we got home to visit my parents on the farm for a few days and we spent a week or so in Golden Bay, And then we spent the final weekend of our trip in the metropolis, the golden place of Greymouth. And the people of Greymouth, when we were talking to them and said this is the last place on our trip, they're like, you did it in this order? (laughs) But it it really was a great time over there. And as much as we did a whole lot of things, we sight saw and we drove around and we ate a lot of food and drank a lot of coffee and we did a lot of things, we actually managed to spend a lot of time doing Not a lot together as well. Simply sitting around the table or sitting out on the deck and just talking. It was tempting at times to fill our days with all of the sights to see, all of the things we could do, all those things we've gone, oh, I just wish we had a week that we could get this job done. It was so tempting to fill our times with doing stuff, but we had to constantly remind each other, no, this is a time of rest. And so when we got up in the morning, sometimes we'd look at each other and go, what are we going to do today. And we go, what if we did not a lot? And that was a good reminder to slow down, to take a breath, to have a quiet day every now and then. And now we're back and we're so looking forward to hearing how you've all been, what you've been up to, what's new with you, what's changed, because although six weeks is not very long in the scheme of things, six weeks, well, a lot can happen in six weeks, can't it? And so I'm trusting that you've been well, but I'm really looking forward to catching up over the coming weeks and months to hear how you've been, what you've been doing, what you've been saying, what does your life look like since the last six weeks that we've saw you. But throughout the last six weeks, we've had a few number of moments where we've been able to draw aside and spend some time with God. And, in one of, and I wanna share about one of those times that I did that, um, this trip. I was out spending some time with God up and admiring a great view, And my question of God was quite simple. I said, what can I do? What can I say? And it wasn't a what can I do on this holiday or what can I do that's going to really make great memories for my kids. It wasn't what do I say to apologize to Sarah for something I'd done wrong that morning. Anyone else sometimes find it hard to be the bigger person and start that apology, finding the right things. It wasn't the question I was asking that time. It was what can I, Jeremiah, say or do, that's really going to impact people? What can I do for my family, for my church, for my friends? What can I do, Lord, that will impact people for you? What can I say, God? What can I add to the conversation? That will inspire people, challenge people, and lead people to the cross. What can I do? What can I say? I wonder perhaps if sometimes you have thought these thoughts as well. What really is it that I can add that's of significance? What can I do or what could I possibly say to someone that's really going to actually mean something and make a difference? And as I sat there talking with God, I thought, I thought of a whole lot of the right things, a whole lot of the right answers. But as I considered, what does it really add of significance? Sure, I can do a whole lot of things. I can message people and I can encourage others. I can preach messages. I can pray for people. I can take people out for coffee. I can give hugs and handshakes. I can welcome people into my home. And they are all really good things. Things that I think we should do. Things I think we should say. But if they're all things that just Jeremiah thinks are a good idea, then really I thought, does that really have a great meaning? Well, 1 Corinthians 13, one, 1 and 2 says this. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all All mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. Well, that's encouraging, isn't it? I don't know about you, but when was the last time your faith moved mountains? I think that's a pretty cool thing to do to move mountains. I think that's a pretty cool thing to be able to say as well. I prophesy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. I, would, I think that's kind of cool. I'd love to be able to say that. What did you do yesterday? Oh, by faith, I just moved that mountain. That's pretty cool. It's unbelievable. What a great testament to show someone, look what I did. I did something. I moved that mountain by faith. And yet the Bible says, but without love, I am nothing. King Solomon, if you've read Ecclesiastes, he laments about things and he goes, well, everything is meaningless. I am nothing and everything is meaningless. It's a great encouragement for us this morning, isn't it? You can do, you can say a whole lot of really good things, amazing things, impossible seeming things, but without love, without Christ, it is nothing. It is meaningless. Now, I play netball, indoor netball, on most Monday nights. Uh, You you can tell by my physique. Um, And I play the lovely position of center, which, I don't know if you know, is exhausting because I have to do the most running. But I play every week, and I have for the last maybe eight or nine years, and I have a great team that we play with. But one uh, week, a couple of weeks back, a a new woman joined our team. And I'd not seen her for probably six or seven years, and she didn't really remember who I was. It's fine, it wasn't (laughs) hurt. And as we were playing the game, I am quite a a vocal player, you could say. So I like to really encourage my team. If they miss a shot, or, you know, when you you throw to someone, or you're open, you're like, I'm over here if you need me. Well, if I'm throwing to someone, I just go, well, I always need you. When the other team scores, when the other team has a good pass, I applaud them and say, great job, great shot. I really appreciate the way you did that. And because I get to run all over the court, I get to interact with pretty much all of the players. Well, one time we were coming off this court and this new woman to our team, she goes, that Jeremiah, she just quietly said it to one of my other teammates who told me, she says, that Jeremiah, he's quite nice, isn't he, he's quite lovely. Not unless she thought I was all right, and just that I was being kind, being loving, being encouraging to others. Because even in a game, a simple game of netball, what I did, what I said, really matter and stood out. But where did that come from within me? Was it just a good thing that I like to do? Well, yes, I do like to talk, and yes, I do like to encourage people. You all know that quite well. But really, it's out of a deep love for Christ. Because I love people. That I want to encourage them. See, God is love. Christ on the cross is the ultimate price for love. That price paid in full. The weight, the debt, that cost of our sin and mistakes, of my sin that separated me from a holy God, that price was paid in full. Love on full display when Jesus died on that cross. And as many of you will know, three days later, walked right back out of that tomb, demonstrating he didn't just love us, but he had all power and authority over sin and the grave. That is love. That is the same love and power that now lives in us. That is who I follow, Jesus, the person of love. So that when I do, when I say, when I live my life and serve others, it first comes out of a place of loving Christ. Christ first. I message people and I love people and I encourage people and I preach messages and I pray for people. Take people out for coffee, give hugs and handshakes, welcome people into my home. I do these with and because of love. And as we serve and do and speak in love, what was once meaningless becomes meaningful and motivating. What was once meaningless becomes meaningful and motivating, motivating us to follow Christ's mission and what he calls us to. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen to 20, you'll know this well. Then Jesus came to them, this is the disciples, and said, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, he told them, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, Jesus promised, I am with you always to the very end of the age. I don't know about you, but I want my life. I think we all want our lives to mean something. Want our story to impact someone. Want to be part of the mission of God, to take the gospel and the good news to the people who do not yet know Christ as Savior. And as I was sat talking with God, Saying, what can I do? What can I say in love to be part of that mission? What part can I play? I felt the gentle voice of the Holy Spirit say to me, Offer this heart, O God, and simply obey. Offer your heart and simply obey. Follow Jesus. Spend time with Him. Do as my word says. Don't overcomplicate. Don't overwait for some great call. We've already been commanded, already told in God's word to love God and love people. And that's what we are to obey. Love God and love people regardless of the sphere of influence that you've been placed in, whether you are working, whether you're a full-time parent, whether you're employed by the church, whether you work for an NGO, whatever you're doing, if you're in retirement, if you're still in school, whatever you're doing, love God, love people. I wonder if sometimes we ask and we wait for God to give us this great big call like Saul on his way to Damascus, this blinding light that blinds us for days and then we have to be taken somewhere and then we study the word for years and then we're to take the gospel personally to a whole lot of nations. And we're like, hey God, we're just waiting for that one moment. Are we waiting to be swallowed by a whale like Jonah or come across a burning bush that doesn't go out like Moses? Are we waiting for some giant miraculous moment? And I think Jesus sometimes says, well, let's not complicate it. Jesus said, follow me. That's his first call to you. And that's his commission to us, is to take the good news to all people. Jesus tells us the greatest commandment is to love God with all that you are and all that you have. And the second is like it. Love everyone around you. So what would it mean if we actually started there? What can I do? God, love people. What can I say, God? Jesus loves you. What what could I really do? Read my word. What could I say? Pray for salvations. Serve your community. Tell people about the grace of Christ. Obey in love. Follow his call because that is God's call on our lives, on every one of us. By the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us, we are transformed to become more like him as we follow him. There's a song I used to sing with a whole lot of kids that when I taught Bible in schools a few years back, and it was called Trust and Obey. And just watching a whole lot of kids declare this and sing this out, it said, of all the things that I could do for you, and of all the things that I could say, nothing is better, Lord, than to simply obey. The many things that I could do for you, the many things that I could pray, Jesus, I'll trust in you and do what you say. And I'll follow you as you're leading me. Sometimes the basic truths, the basic words of a kid's song that we teach kids and our young people are the same biblical truths. They are always the same biblical truths that are true for us as adults, regardless of how long we've been walking with God. Whether it's just been this week, whether you haven't yet discovered the fullness of life in Christ, or maybe you've been following him for 300 years. I don't know how long it is, but that biblical truth is still the same. Love God, love people, and obey what he says. I think so often we can assume that obedience to God, obedience sounds like a big, scary word. Because if I say that, it means that I have to lay down my life on the mission field of Thailand or Mozambique or South Sudan with a whole lot of our other mission partners. Or obedience will mean that I have to spend three hours a day reading my Bible and then two hours again in prayer, and then I have to go onto the streets and tell people about Jesus and see them healed. I think that's probably what obedience means. And it can be a bit scary sometimes. Now don't get me wrong, maybe that's where God is leading you. That could be, and if this is where God is guiding you, please respond to that and be obedient to that mission field. But we also need people who are willing, we need people who are willing to lay themselves down on the mission field of unreached and least reached people groups. And we need people to be prayer warriors. And we need people who really understand and read and spend many hours in the Bible. We also need people who will serve young people in schools. People who will be great, who will serve as great employees and employers, who exemplify the grace and mercy of Christ in their workplace. We need people to speak truth. We need people to preach. We need people to pray for each other. We need people to lay down their lives on the mission field of their families, of your workplace, or of your social sports team. The calling, wherever you are at, to follow Jesus is not just a mission field for foreign countries. It's here on your doorstep. It's in the living room of your home, You are living on the mission field as you follow Christ. But more than all the doing, more than all the saying, we need people who will follow Christ, who are willing to lay down their own desires for the cause of the cross. Cross. Jesus modeled us this in Romans 5, 8. It says, Romans 5, 6, verse 8, sorry, 6 to 8. for us And a bit further on in the chapter it says, "For as though the disobe- as, for as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, referring to Adam and Eve. So also through the obedience of one man, Jesus, the many were made righteous. Here we see Jesus demonstrating for us love by dying on the cross, and obedience to the Father. So out of deep love for God, we lay our own wants, our own desires, our own plans and say, not my will, Lord, but your will. I choose to be obedient to the call and your commands. We pray your kingdom come, your will be done. I will follow you and I will offer my heart. To offer our heart is to give access to the Holy Spirit. I love that when, we, when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, you will be saved, the Bible says. And Jesus sent us a helper to live and guide us. That's the Holy Spirit who comes to live in us. What I love, though, is we invite the Holy Spirit in, but the Holy Spirit doesn't just take over. He doesn't come in and control, but he simply knocks on the door of our heart and says, would you give me access to your life? Would you allow me to use you for the plans and purposes of Jesus Christ? He simply reveals aspects of ourselves for us to begin working on and healing, to become more in the likeness of Christ. And then out of that flows the fruit of the Spirit. We choose what we allow access to. There are parts of your life that you can choose to not allow God access to. He already knows about them. And He still loves you just the same. But that whisper of the Holy Spirit invites us to bring those things to God and develop, that He can develop and strengthen, heal and restore within us. Mark twelve thirty. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. There, are no, there is no commandment greater than Than these. I offer this heart, oh God, and simply obey. That's the starting point. All of me. To your heart, in the physical sense, the very thing that keeps me alive and keeps my blood pumping. God, I give that to you and I trust you with it. Where I store the deepest parts of me, Lord, you can have it all. I choose to follow you. Would the band come and join me again this morning? Perhaps you don't know what God is calling you to do. What God is calling you to say and you've been waiting for some big moment or you've had this call from God and you've been walking in it a long time. You're going, is this still what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I just... Supposed to just keep walking in this, and I feel like your Lord is just prompting us saying, Love God, love people, and simply obey. What is He asking of me? What should I do? What should I say? What even could I do? And you're willing, and your heart this morning is saying. I want to do what He says, to do the things that He laid out for me. Jesus simply calls you to follow Him. Spend time in prayer with Him. Spend time in the Word with Him. And as you do that, He will reveal to you His plans. But let's start with loving God and loving people. With every disciple that Jesus called when Jesus was here on earth, when He called them, He didn't appoint them to a position, didn't declare over their life what they would go on to do or say where they'd live or the full cost of what it would mean for them. All He simply said to them was, follow me. And that same call as we walk with Him in obedience, in His word and prayer, in relationship, He will position us, guide us into the plans and purposes that He has for our lives. So when we consider what it is that we bring to the table of the kingdom of God, you're welcomed because you are a son and daughter of God, not because of anything you do or actions or things you say to others, but because of your trust in the work of Jesus Christ at Calvary. Would you stand with me if you're able this morning? It's good to take moments sometimes to simply come back to God and say, here's my life. What is it that you would have me do? What is it that you would have me say? Where is it that you would have? And sometimes God makes big directional changes and says, I think you should go and serve on the mission field of Thailand or maybe it's time for you to change job or move house or whatever it is. Sometimes there are big things. But sometimes it's a simple whisper of a person. Sometimes it's a simple step of obedience to message and encouragement, to invite someone over for dinner, to pray for someone, a word that God's placed on your heart and your mind. Maybe it's that thought that you didn't put there. You're going, I don't think of that. Why would, I, why would I say that to that person? Perhaps that's the voice of the Holy Spirit prompting, to you, prompting you. And as we love God and love people, we step out in obedience and trust His voice. I wonder if there are people this morning who, like me, sat for a little bit and go, what can I do? What can I say? But you're feeling guilty this morning about what you are doing or saying or perhaps what you're not doing or not saying, and there's a feeling of guilt on you. Well, that's not from God. Because God is always an encouraging to us and drawing us to himself and pushing you in the direction of listening and obeying him. And my encouragement to you is simply lay it down again at his feet. Allow him to speak to you in his love. If this morning, moving from your seat, moving to stand at the front, to come to the altar again, to sit in your seat, to kneel, to whatever it is that you need to do, to give that fresh yes to God, to trust in His call to follow me, to be obedient to that call, to lay aside your own wants and desires and submit to His per- the purposes that He has planned for you. Please make use of this space. Please make use of this time of worship and responding to Him. If it's to sing the words on the screen, please do that. If it's just to cry out and worship to Him. But this is the call of God in our lives. Love God, love people, and follow Jesus. What can I do? What can I say? But offer this heart and simply Obey. First two verses of Psalm forty nine. Hear this, all you peoples. Listen, all you who live in this world, both low and high, rich and poor alike. This is God saying, My mouth will speak words of wisdom. The meditation of my heart will give you understanding. Let's worship him. Come back. Love God. Love people.